Hey, we're going to jump right in to a brand new series today called Rooted. Uh, Pastor Travis has already talked about it a second, but I'm really excited about this, this series because I don't know if you know this or not, um, and, and maybe you don't, maybe you do, but God thought enough of you from day one to plant something great in you. In faith, in faith that you would let it grow and become all that he intends for your life. In fact, the mission statement at Radiate Church is equipping and empowering people to become all that God, or to live the life that God intends. And that's our goal in this life. And so over the next three weeks, as we lead into Easter, because I don't know if you know it or not, Super Bowl Sunday is four weeks away. Easter Sunday, we celebrate Jesus. Some of y'all like, nah, we already played the Super Bowl. I'm talking about Jesus. We're going to celebrate Jesus at Radiate Church. We're going to pack it out four times right here in this building. Come on. We're going to pack it out and watch lives change. But for the next three weeks, I want to talk to you about how to get out of you what God put in you. You know, Ephesians teaches us from day one that before the foundations of the world, that means before there was a foundation for the earth and the world that we know to be built, before the foundations of the world were created, watch this, he said he destined and purposed us. That means he thought enough of you before he even knew, before, he even, uh, before you even were born, before you ever breathed a breath, he thought enough of you to go ahead and plant something great in you. And I, I don't know about you, but I know in my life, my prayer has been this. This is my motto. I got it from a mentor of mine that unfortunately passed away in January. But I, it's, it's, this is my motto. He said it one time, and it just stuck with me, Pastor Chris. Like, this is what I want, right? Is I want to leave everything that he planted on me, in me on this earth. I want to leave it all. I want to leave every breath, every influence, every relation. Like, I want to leave, I want to invest it back into somebody that can carry it on. I want to invest it in my kids. I want to invest it in the next generation of leaders. I want to invest it in men that love the Lord and are going to change lives. That's what I want in my life. And a lot of us love the fruit. You know, maybe you woke up this morning and you're like, I'm going to be healthy this morning. I'm going to eat healthy this morning. You didn't eat that Pop-Tart. You know what I'm saying? That strawberry frosted one, praise God. Or that, listen, that brown sugar and cinnamon. Come on, somebody. That thing is touched by an angel right there. But y'all decided not to eat that this morning because I know you. I know know my church. You decided to grab an apple or an orange or a banana instead. You know what I'm saying? You were like, I'm going to eat good today. We love the fruit. Like, we love being able to grab that banana and peel that thing back and eat a banana or an apple. But we don't think about when we're eating it, we don't think about the process that goes into making it. And I just want to tell you today, over the next three weeks, this is what we're going to talk about. The importance of roots. The importance of allowing roots to take, to take shape, to take depth in our lives so that we can see everything that God has for you in your life. Because I'm not one of those people that believes you have to die and there's still greatness in you. I believe we can leave the greatness that God planted in us right here on earth. Because here's the thing, God can do anything, but he chooses to use me and you to do a lot of things. He chooses to use us. And and I want to talk about that over the next few weeks as we lead up into Easter and and all that. And as you begin inviting people uh, to Easter, I want to talk about what it looks like 
to be rooted, so rooted that the gift, the promise, the potential, and the purpose that God placed in you comes out of you. Because I believe we can change the world. Anybody with me in the room today? I believe we can change the room, I mean the world, by changing the room, by changing everybody we come into contact with. I want to read, I want to read a series of scriptures. It's actually a parable or, or a story. Jesus teaches in stories or parables a lot so that it's a universal principle that anybody can get no matter where you are in your spiritual walk. And it's uh, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. Hopefully you got your Bibles, you can follow along. Maybe you're at home and you can grab your Bible from your side table real quick and follow along. It says this though, starting in verse 4 through verse 15. It says, when a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell, on, uh, fell beside the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. And other seed fell into good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. Does anybody want a crop a hundred times as great as anything you could ever imagine in your life? I know there's people that are like, that's the prosperity thing, man. That ain't true. Listen, my Bible tells me that whenever I produce good soil, what he's planted in me creates a harvest that's a hundred times better than anything I could imagine. Like, don't tell me, Mike, don't limit your God just because you're scared to believe bigger. Ephesians 3.20 tells me that he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything I could think or imagine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about you, but I think a lot. And I imagine big. I got this big, great imagination. And if God wants to do exceedingly, beyond, abundantly, beyond all of that, come on, God, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Don't limit God because you're scared to believe bigger. And as he said these things, he would call out, he who has ears, let him hear. How many of you got ears? Yeah, let you hear. The rest of you are like, do I have ears? I don't, I don't know. Verse 9. His disciples began questioning him as to what his parable meant. And he said, to you it's been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand and at verse 11 now the parable is this the seed is the word of god you got to understand what the seed is it's the word of god it's what god has spoken it's his word it's his voice it's what he's he's planted in you the seed is the word of god those beside the road are those who have heard then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they will not believe and be saved those on the rocky soil are those who when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no firm root they believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, but bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, somebody say, good soil. Good soil, the seed in the good soil. These are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with Watch this, perseverance. They push through. They keep going. They don't stop. 
It doesn't wither away. It's not taken away. God, I pray that you take these words that are in your word, that are in the Bible that we're reading today, and God, send them deep in our souls. Send them deep in our hearts and our spirits, and God, let them change our lives from here until eternity. God, we want to live for you, live with you. We want to make a difference with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Here's the thing. If you read this parable... And maybe you didn't grow up in church, but like you still know this story because it's a pretty popular story. And, you know, it can be used for a lot of different things. But if you read the story and, and you're reading the parable, there's something interesting that takes place. Is if you read it at face value, you focus on, because I've heard it used of when you sow seed, make sure you sow seed in good soil. And that's good, and that's right, that's a good, and it's not out of context. But this parable, this story, actually doesn't even deal much with seed, does it? It really doesn't even talk about seed other than telling you what the seed is. It's the word of God. It's the purpose of God. It's the promise of God. It's the voice of God. It's what he's spoken into your life before the foundations of the world. That is the seed. It's God. It tells you what the seed is, but watch this. The story actually focuses on the soil. Why, why would Jesus take an entire, like, so when Jesus taught in parables, we got to understand, when Jesus taught in parables, Jesus taught in parables because there was a group there that needed to understand a principle. So he would take the principle and make it as easy to understand and grasp as possible for no, so that no matter where you are on the spiritual spectrum, no matter where you are in theology and the knowledge and the wisdom of the things of the Bible, you could still grasp the principle. So Jesus obviously thought that there was something so important about soil that he had to teach a group of people that may not even understand the kingdom of God yet about soil. Why is that so important? Why is that so key to growth in the kingdom? I am so glad you asked that question because I came ready to tell you why. Because the seed is the word of God, but seed, watch this, only holds potential. Seed has, I mean, soil has purpose. See, you can go to Lowe's, you can go to Home Depot, you can go wherever you need to go, and you can buy a pack of seeds, right? But the thing that unleashes the potential that's in the seed is the soil that you plant it in. So when God spoke, God in faith believed so much in you and so much in me that he decided, I'm going to speak this promise. I'm going to speak this purpose. I'm going to give this word to you because I believe the potential of what it can be in you. Please understand this. God gave universal principles and personal principles. God gave universal purpose, go change the world, go therefore into all the world um, and, and change the world, creating disciples, right? But then he gave unique and personal purpose. Here's what I mean by that. You have talents that I don't have. You have abilities I don't have. There is a reason my wife is our radiate kids pastor and not me. Your kids would hate church if I was back there. Because I'd be like, every one of you, close your mouth, sit in a circle, and stare at each other. That's where I'm at in my life, right? My wife is like, oh my goodness, catch the bubble, hold it in your mouth. I'm like, where does this stuff even come from? She has an ability to do something I don't have. 
Come on. There's a potential in the seed that God placed in her. Now it's up to us to become the soil that releases the potential of the seed. Are you with me today? See, I, I, I mentioned earlier, God can do anything, but he uses us to do a lot. I want to tell you right from the beginning. I waited until the, the end in the first service, but I want to tell you at the beginning. The truth is, watch this, whether you become the soil or not is not up to God. Whether you become the soil or not is actually up to you. God has already given you the belief that you can become the soil by sowing the seed. It's up to us to choose which soil we're actually going to become. So watch this. He talked about four soils, right? He talked about four soils. We're going to go through them. The first soil he talks about is a shallow. He calls it a shallow soil. He says that it's actually been beaten down and compressed. You ever, you ever been to a house or, or a farm or, or, or a pasture or a ranch or something like that, and, and, and you're going through, and there's this compacted dirt. Like, it's not, it's not pavement. It's not cement. It's not that stuff, but it feels like it. It's that hard. It's been driven over. Maybe you're driving through a cow pasture or something, going to fish or whatever it is and, and all these things, right? And you got the ruts that are, that, are, that, are, that, are, that are carved out by the trucks or the cars that have been driving through there. And that ground is just so compacted and it's so hard. You, you all know what I'm talking about? And like you go through that and, 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 and sometimes life can make us that way, right? It makes us hard. You ever just felt hardened? Like you've just been through so much, you just feel like nothing's really going to bother you too much. This is hard. It's just frustrating. It's just difficult. Like you don't know what I've been through, Pastor. That's why I'm so hard. That's why I'm so tough. That's why I'm, oh, oh, oh. Watch this. The reality is if I want to sow seed on compacted, hard soil, I have to first loosen it or else the seed sits on top of the soil. And watch this. I've done this. If you sow the seed or scatter the seed in a place where the seed never gets buried, it now becomes food for prey. Squirrels and rabbits and birds come down and they eat the seed because it's now their food. What was once your potential now becomes food for something that wants to destroy you. Maybe, watch this, I believe the shallow soil represents a shallow faith. Because we've never dug anything deep enough in what we believe to bury what God actually gave us. If you read the backs of, of seed packets, it tells you to bury the seed so many inches or whatever down into the dirt. Do you know why they tell you to do that? Well, of course, so that it'll grow. Yes. But what keeps it from growing? If you don't bury it, it gets eaten by something else. Come on. Maybe we haven't seen everything God's promised us because we haven't dug deep enough in our faith to actually bury what God said to us. This is the type of faith that I'm going I'm to be real today. I'm going to step on some toes today. This is the type of faith that never gets past singing into worship. This is the type of faith that never gets past requests into conversations with God. This is the type of faith that never gets past the preacher telling me the Bible and I'm reading the Bible. You with me? This is the type of faith that never gets to a place to where we get fat past praying and into fasting. This is the type of faith that I'll give when, when I'm compelled to give, but I'm not going to give in obedience to tithe. Come on. Y'all don't get quiet. Come on. Here, this is the type of faith that is, that is shallow. Like it's the type of faith that when everything is okay, my faith is okay. This is the type of faith that when the prey ain't around... 
The seed sits there and it feels good, and at least I know that the seed's still there. At least I know it's still sitting on the top. But the moment the enemy comes around, the moment the birds start eating that, that seed, and the moment the, the squirrels show up and start cracking open those sunflower seeds, and the moment all this takes place, the moment it gets tough in my life is the moment that I go, I just don't know if God's real. I just don't even hear him anymore. Really? Because you said you heard him two weeks ago. So it only, you only hear him when it's, when it's good? I don't know about you, but my dad's voice was always louder to me when things were tough. But on the other side, every time I took a test in school, the teacher was silent. The teacher was still there. The teacher was still available, but the teacher was a little more quiet. Why? Because the teacher needs to see where I'm at in that subject without telling me what to do to get a real accurate depiction. See, this is the type of faith that I never really bury what God's told me. I just want to believe it when, it th when it's good. But when it's tough, now nah, I don't know. I just don't know about this church thing. This is the type of faith that causes us to go, hey, you know what? That church ain't doing it like I want them to do it, so I'm just going to walk away and go find a church that will do it like I want them to do it. We don't believe in the mission. We believe in the model. But if you date the model, I mean marry the model, then the mission doesn't matter. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the way we do things. When all I care about is the way things are done, I never get into the heart of it. And I never buy into the vision of it and the care of it and what's actually taking place. Are you with me? Shallow faith. Watch this. Let me give you this. Shallow faith results in shallow fruit. Shallow faith results in shallow fruit. If I want good fruit, i got to learn that the roots have got to grow deep and strong and healthy because the soil is what allows the roots to grow. But the roots are what allows the fruit to be good. The Bible tells me that there's something called the fruit of the Spirit. Maybe my issue isn't that I don't have the fruits of the Spirit. Maybe they're there just a touch, but maybe I'm so shallow in my faith that the roots haven't taken place. So I don't even know what the fruits of the Spirit are. Are you? So we got shallow, shallow soil. The second soil Jesus talks about in this is called the rocky soil. He talks about how there's a soil that the seed falls on it and there's rocks there and rocks kind of keep it. And here's the crazy thing about a soil with rocks. I'm going to give you a science lesson today, right? I, I, my brother's a, a scientist, like a legit scientist. He got the brains, I got the looks. So y'all can feel bad for him. But um, so like, he, and here's a science lesson. I don't know if you know this or not. Rocks don't grow. Y'all know that? If you plant a rock, a rock ain't going to grow. If you plant a rock, guess what? It's going to be a rock, and it's going to sit there in that soil the whole time. You ever been digging? You ever been digging, like, maybe to do a, 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 a garden or something like that? See, I, I do a garden every year, but here's my, here's my routine. This is what I do. I'll do the garden, right? And I'm all about it. I go spend all this money on the soil, and I'll till it up, and I'll fertilize it, and I'll water it, and it's good, and it's great, and I get, like, ten tomatoes off of it, and then I'm like, I'm bored with this, and then it dies. Like, I just quit messing with it the whole time. I always do that. But when I'm out there, it never fails. Like, every year, I'll be digging in a new place, and there's a rock. 
There's a rock somewhere in there, and, then, and i got to pull the rock out of the hole that I'm digging. And you know why i got to pull the rock out of the hole that I'm digging? Because it will impede the process of the root. Some of us, we, we, we try to be good soil, and, and, and that's great, but we got rocks in our lives that we've never dealt with. They're not going to grow. Like, it's not going to get worse, but it will keep you from getting better. It'll keep the ro- ro- roots from growing. It'll, keep, it'll impede the progress and the process of the plant and the, and the goodness and the fruit that God's putting in you. And if I don't pull the rocks out, then all it, it's not that it grows and gets worse. It's just that it sits there and impedes everything God wants to do. And there will come a point in my life to whatever that rock is, whatever that thing is, maybe it's a fear of commitment, maybe it's, you know, just now I'm, I just laziness. I don't know what it is. I'm just throwing things out there. But whatever, if I never pull it out, then the roots are now uh, 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 impeded and not allowed to grow like they should because I never pulled out what shouldn't be there. A rock is a foreign object. It shouldn't be in the soil. And if the roots can't grow deep, here's what happens. The word of God, we're like, oh, yeah, I buried it and all this stuff, and that's good. And the roots start to grow a little bit. But then as soon as it gets hot and as soon as it gets tough, guess what happens? That, 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 that plant dies again. Do you know why? Because there's something that I didn't get out of my life that was supposed, that not supposed to be there that did not allow what God spoke into my life to grow. Discipline. Prayer. Laziness. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out. You got to decide what that is. Rocky soil is neglected soil. This is the soil where we do just enough to have the illusion to ourselves that God's doing something in our life. This is the type of soil where if we get hype enough, you know what I'm saying, and and, and we make it look good enough, and we pray loud enough, and and we worship crazy enough, and we post enough scriptures on Facebook, this is the type of faith right here to where it makes us feel like something's going on, but when we lay our head down at night, God's going, you know there's more. You know there's more. This is the type of faith where a 30-second sermon clip on Facebook makes us feel, yeah, I'm good, let's go. I'm going to take on the day, but laying down at night, it's like, man, I got so much deeper things I got to do. And the roots aren't allowed to grow. Then there's a third soil. So you got the shallow soil, you got the rocky soil, you got, then you got the soil that's got thorns and weeds and, and just junk in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got the stuff in this soil. This soil isn't alone. This soil's got stuff growing up in it. But there's something interesting about this soil that I don't know if you've grasped, or, or maybe you have, and, 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 and maybe I'm late to the party with you, but the truth of the matter is there's something interesting about this soil. This soil right here, it doesn't say that the weeds don't grow with the seed. In fact, it talks about that both are growing at the same time, but the seed dies... Because of a lack of moisture. Why is there a lack of moisture? Because something's got to grow. In fact, in Matthew chapter 12, I'm not going to read it to you. You can go back and read it on your own. But there's this depiction of eternity. And it's talking about the wheat and the tares. And it says that a, a, a man came in to ruin a, a, a farmer's harvest. 
And so in his wheat harvest, he throws uh, bad seed out and tares or weeds begin to grow in the middle of his wheat. And the guy looks at him, he goes, you want me to pull up the tares? You want me to pull up the weeds? And the guy says, no, let them grow up together. And at time of harvest, at time of harvest, we will separate the two. We'll throw the tares into the fire and we'll harvest the wheat. So there comes a point in both stories to where at some point we got to decide which one is going to live and which one's going to die. The weeds and the thorns or the harvest and the wheat? The seed God planted in us or the, 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 the wrong thinking that someone else planted in us? The promise God gave us or the promise man broke? Which one's going to grow? And watch this. There is a point in your life, in your spiritual journey, you need to hear this, to where both are going to grow together. Both are going to grow. There's going to be the hurt of man and the promise of God that grow at the same time. But there will come a time, and you'll know when that time is, to where you've got to decide which one gets all of the energy, which one gets all of the the feed, which one gets all of the nutrients of the soil. I either got to begin pulling up some weeds or I got to begin pulling up some seeds. They'll grow together at the same time. Good thinking and bad thinking will grow for a certain time during your spiritual journey. So don't think as soon as you give your life to the Lord, it's like, oh, I got to know everything about the Bible and a theological scholar and C.S. Lewis this and this person that and N.T. Wright that, you know, all this. No, no, no. You just got to grow. And there will come a time where you'll begin to pull the things out that need to be out. Are you, you following me today? Watch this. Let me give you this thought. We have to remove harmful roots in order to see good fruits. Here's the thing about this, this pot, this soil, is these things don't grow in here unless there's a root somewhere. The problem is, is that if we only treat what is a root as a rock, then we never remove the growth mechanism of the thing that's hurting us. I've got to pull it by the root ball. That anger that you feel from 10 years ago will turn into a bitterness that creates a wall around your heart so no one else will ever be allowed in. That, that thing, that financial fr- uh, frustration you have in your life will turn to a place to where you won't trust God, not only with your finances, but with your life because there's a root ball that's beginning to grow. Are you, are you with me? It's a wrong ideology or theological stance. It's whatever. And if I don't pull it up by the root, then it still begins to grow. If I don't deal with insecurity at its root, then it begins to hurt the confidence I can have in my God. I've got to learn to go, I was hurt by man, but I was loved by God. Man broke his promise. God made his promise. Are you, are you following me? i got to pull it up by the root because I have to remove harmful roots in order to see good fruits. And here's what I love about this story. It's Jesus in this story. He talks about the four soils. He talks about the shallow soil. He talks about the rocky soil that we got to remove the rocks. He talks about the weeds and the thorns. And he never says none of these soils will ever be good enough for the plant to grow. In fact, at the end of it, he begins to say... But there's a fourth soil. There's another soil. You get to choose, but there's another soil. It's called the good soil. It's called the right soil. It's called the place where the seed 
goes. Watch this. In, 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 in verse 8 of Luke chapter 4, uh, verse 8 of Luke chapter 8, sorry. It says, And other seed fell into the what? The good soil. And it, and it grew up, and it produced a crop a hundred times as great. Now, we all said, I'd love to have a crop a hundred times as great in my life. I'd love to see God do something through my life that I've only dreamed of in my lifetime. I'd love to see that. Every, everybody said, yeah, a hundred times, a hundredfold. Woo! It sounds good until I got to go through the pain of pulling up root balls. Until I got to remove some things that I didn't realize were even holding me back. It sounds good until I got to start beating up some compacted soil because of years of frustration and hurt and pain in my life. It sounds good. Yeah, I want a hundredfold. But Jesus goes, you can have it. You can have a hundredfold return. You can have God's promise in your life. You can have his purpose. But you got to be a good soil. You got to be the good soil. You can't be all these other soils and have the hundredfold return. If you want the hundredfold return, you got to be the good soil. You got to be the soil that's easy to plant in. You got to be the soil that's easy to grow in. You got to be the soil where there's roots that can take place. And can I tell you, watch this. Being the good soil means I don't get to call the shots all the time. It means I got to do whatever God tells me to do whenever God tells me to do it. I don't get to look at God and go, hey, that's not how we make good soil. Just like I don't get to call miracle grow and tell them this is how you make good fertilizer God looks at me and says this is how you make good soil prayer fasting commitment worship knowing the word of God how can I know what God's planted in me if I don't even know what he's saying to me man how, how do I become the good soil. Well, first, it's honestly, the first step is the easiest step. You ready? Like, it's so easy. It's this declaration to yourself. I'm even going to put it on the screens for you. It's just this declaration. You ready? I choose to become the soil that God can plant in. Wait, it's that easy? It's that easy. Now, that's step one. The rest of it is deciding I'm not going to become hard. The rest of it is I'm going to remove whatever stops growth. The rest of it is I'm going to dig up the roots that are harmful. The rest of it is I work my whole life to become the good soil. But step one, I choose. Do you know why I choose? I choose because God chose me. God chose you and God chose your husband and he chose your wife and he chose your kids and he chose your relationships he chose your life group he chose the crack addict he chose the alcoholic he chose the insecure he chose the overly confident he chose us all he chose us he chose the happily married he chose the divorced he chose the ones that mess it all up, and he chose the ones that get it all right. Why? Why would God choose us? Because somewhere deep down, God said, they'll be good soil. They can be good soil. I can see something planted in them. 
I can watch it grow. I can watch it change. I can do things in them that I can't in somebody else. Watch this. The mo- whoever you think is the most successful and popular preacher and pastor in the world. Can I tell you something? They can't pastor Radiate Church like I can. You know why? You know why? I know y'all like, dang, he's arrogant. No, you know why I say that? Because they weren't called to Radiate Church. I was. Take the most influential person you know. Watch this. They can't change your, employee, your employer or your workplace like you can. You know why? They weren't called there. You were. Hey, watch this. Watch this. Take the best husband and the best father, the best wife and best mother you can think of in your life. They can't love your kids or your spouse like you can. Because they weren't called to. You were. I don't know about you, but I want to see people walk this life living the promises that God put on them and they are the good soil where it takes root and everything changes. I believe, I'm crazy enough to believe that there's a move of God that can change the world, that can start right here in Columbia, South Carolina at 105 Sparkleberry Crossing Road and it can start with you and it can start with me and it starts with you at home and it spreads across the nation. Why? Because I will choose to be good soil. This church will choose to be good soil and you will choose to be good soil. I just believe if we do that, And we go, all right, God, you're teaching me something here. Teach me how to be the good soil. My Bible tells me there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing impossible with God. So here's step one for somebody today. Whether you're online or whether you're in the room, step one is this. you got to surrender it all. Not just this, all right, God, I just don't want to go to hell. But this, God... It's me and it's you. You tell me how to do it. You, God, it's it's your way. And I I don't care what they think. I don't care how they do it. I don't care what they say. I, I, I don't care what they post. It's just me and it's you. And I'm gonna do it your way because you believed in me. You love me. And because of that, I'm gonna love you back. I surrender. I surrender it all. You just bow your heads with me today. And if there's anybody, anybody in the room that would just say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to pray that prayer. I need to surrender it all today. Give him my life. Would you just hold your hand up right where you are? I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. It's that simple. If you're online today and this is your moment to surrender it all, I just want to pray with you right where you are. Church, we we have a hand that's been raised and I'd love for you to pray with me and with them out loud today. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for your forgiveness for the cross, for your love. I give you my past, my present, and my future. 
thank you for welcoming me into the family of God today. Church, let's put our hands together for one person in the room. If you raised your hand and prayed that prayer, just fill that card out on that clipboard and, and give it back to our Connect team. And we want to get you some resources in your hand. If you're online, there's going to be some instructions for you to do digitally at this time. But I'd love to ask this with heads bowed and eyes closed one more time. If you're in here and you'd say, I, I, I want to be better soil. I want God's promises and purpose. I want to change the world with Him. And I know it's a journey. It's every day. But I just want to be good soil. Would you hold your hand up right where you are, all over the room, all over the room, amen. Just hold them up, continue to hold them up as I pray. Hold them up high. Father, we give you everything we have. God, help us to become the good soil. Help the promises and the purposes that you've placed in our life to take root, God. We wanna make a difference, but we don't wanna make a difference for our glory or for our name, but for your kingdom and your goodness. And we give you all that we have. And we pray, God, just till up what you need to till up. Remove what you need to remove. Show us what we need to do to become the soil that you grow in. God, we honor you and worship you in your name. Amen. Amen. Church, can we celebrate life change has happened?